Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, It's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader, and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult, and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Jackie Clement. And uh, Jackie, I'm so excited for our conversation together. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Now, to start off, it'd be great for you to give our listeners a bit of a window into your world and uh, just to let people know a little bit about who you are and what you're doing at the moment. Oh, sure. Um, I run a nonprofit organization called the Fair Media Council. So I am the CEO and executive director. And it's an organization that advocates for quality news, and we work to create a media-savvy society. So basically, we work both sides of the coin um, because news media has changed so dramatically in our lifetimes and certainly in the lifetimes of baby boomers. You're looking at a completely different media landscape. Um, And basically, the schools haven't, you know, the schools haven't been able to teach media education so that it's up to date, but in fairness to the schools, media changes every time technology changes and technology changes so fast, you know, the schools can't pivot and have syllabi that are up to date on the latest technology. Um, So an organization like mine really fills the void to help people understand the media landscape. You know, we want people to be able to find quality news and to be able to navigate today's media landscape with confidence so that they understand where they can get a variety of news versus opinion versus, you know, voices from comedians, which are often misunderstood as newscasters today, you know, (laughs) simply because they're sitting behind a desk or something like that. Um, As well as we work directly with the news media to give them feedback on how they're doing. And we advocate for responsibility, accuracy, um, you know, treating the public well, because they do report to the public, but they need to be reminded of that sometimes. Um, So there's a whole Mm -hmm. lot that goes into it. But um, I guess one of the cool things is every day is different, because you just never know what the day is going to bring you. Yeah, very interesting. Thank you for giving a bit of of an outline. Uh, And so if we look back now at your story, and how you Mm -hmm. became Jackie, the leader you are today. Uh, (laughs) Feel free to go back as far as you want. I'd really love, and I know listeners always really enjoy hearing some of those moments that really shaped you becoming the person you are today, Jackie. Okay, geez, Um, let's see. Well, if we wanna go all the way back, um, you know, I was always interested in reading. Um, I was a pretty shy kid, very quiet, which I know no one would believe me today, but that's the truth of it. Um, So I always read a lot. And I think because I read so much, uh, my father took notice of that. And he had given me at some point, um, he had come to me and said, basically, he didn't care what I wanted to be when I grew up. He wanted me to be whatever I wanted to be. 
but he had told me that in order to be successful, no matter what you do, you need to understand business. So he gave me a copy of the Wall Street Journal, and he told me to start reading it every day so that I could start understanding business. And I was in the fourth grade at the time, which sounds very young, <laughs> um, but once you actually understand media, at least here in the States, um, the majority of news media is written or spoken to people on a fourth to sixth grade reading level. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that. So when you say, you know, you're, you're doing your kids a great service by introducing them to media very early because it teaches them a lot about current events yeah. and introduces them to people around the world and cultures around the world. And, you know, current events becomes history. So by the time they get into high school or college, they'll be studying things that they had read as a child. Um, so there's a whole lot of side benefits to it, as well as improving, you know, your reading and um, your ability your ability to um, piece things together. Part of it is strategic uh, thinking skills that come with uh, paying attention to the news media. Because if you incorporate a variety of different news media into your life, you start to compare and contrast what you're being told automatically. And that's necessary for building critical thinking skills in children. So there was a whole lot of that going on very early in my life, and it made me naturally gravitate toward news and media. Um, and I grew up in a part of the country here in the States. I grew up in Ohio. It was a steel town when I was a little girl, but um, that was at a time in history when they closed down the steel mills. So if you wanted to do anything with your life, you basically had to move out of that part of the country because there were, there were no jobs, mm. you know, there was no opportunity. Um, so for me, because I had read so much and basically taught myself to write in a new style, um, that was how I got into college. It was basically what I studied in college and I started working for newspapers while I was in college. Um, and that really, basically it determined my career path just because it had already been put into play when I was so young. Yeah, that's um, uh, that's so interesting how that how that affected you. I love what you said around introducing news and media to uh, to young people, and I, I only heard that recently about the um, I guess the the age target of the of the writing in in a lot of news and media that it's actually written in a third or fourth grade uh, mm -hmm. sort of level. And I, yeah. I never realized that before, but I hadn't made the link that you've just made, which I love, which is, well, because it's, it's actually prepared in that way, it can, it's great for, um, like, like what your dad did with giving you as a fourth grader, um, uh, the wall street journal. I think that's just fantastic. Well, I think, um, I think a lot of people would just, it would just never occur to them. Um, but it plays out on so many levels. Um, you know, especially if you have a little girl, you know, mm. I don't know if anybody would naturally think, let's give her a trade publication about business, you know, <laughs> and let her see and let her figure it out or see what she thinks of it. Um, but the interesting thing about the Wall Street Journal was it, it was and still is a very well written newspaper. Yes. And that inspired my writing as well. Um, you know, to be able to pick up 
a business story that's really written by as a feature. And I still remember one and, you know, this is going back many, many years now, more years than I care to remember. So I guess <laughs> I was in fourth or fifth grade when I was reading this story. It, they had done a feature story about a man in Philadelphia who served up the best Italian ice in the area. And they would tell stories of how people came from all over to visit him. And they described how gnarled his hands were from shaving the ice every day. And it was juxtaposed against things like you would see limousines driving up, you know, and very well manicured hands coming out of the window to, to take an ice from his hand. And it was just so well detailed and it really brought it to life. And stuff like that really stuck with me of how important it was to be able to express yourself in writing, to be able to tell a story. Yeah, and that's obviously played a big part in, uh, well, across your career. If, if we think yeah. about you in those younger years, obviously your dad giving you the Wall Street Journal, that's that's wonderful. Are there any other stories from your childhood or, or maybe teenage years that come to mind that really were sort of pivotal particularly around the news media. And I think it's really clear to see your passion for um, around the, the, the standards um, in news and media. Is there anything that comes to mind at a young age when you remember going, oh, that's right. Yeah, I did. Even at that age, I that happened and I was really, you know, it really affected me or I really loved how they did that or that really sat. It didn't sit well with me when I saw how that particular publication did that, et cetera. You know, I think it's probably um, keyed into major events, maybe. Um, because if you saw things like, do you remember the Challenger explosion? You know, yeah. that that you saw video. And when you watch the video of that, you realize there really aren't words to express what you just saw. So you start to understand the different power you have depending on whether it's the written word or visual or simply audio. I mean, to me, the greatest story storytellers are radio and podcasters mm. who are using only audio. So to be able to capture people's attention and hold it for as long as your podcast is, that's a, that's a real talent. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting, uh, interesting observation. Um, I know that this. <laughs> how long is a is a um, is a, how long is a piece of string in terms of this next question? But um, <laughs> you have this you have this real passion around writing and communicating. If you had, say, a uh, you know, because this is leadership conversation. Say you have a leader, and that's not mm -hmm. their background, but they know. You know, like we all have those moments where you go, I have to get better at communication because I've really dropped the ball here. Or I was just chatting with someone yesterday around COVID and the immense challenge for them of not having people physically on site and their stakeholders yeah. and how mm -hmm. they've really found that's made their communication. Um, they, they really feel like it's gone downhill. And, and so what advice would you give around communicating, uh, communicating well, say for a leader in, in how they write in, like at a sort of high level, some of the, I'm thinking some of the things that someone who's not, doesn't have the expertise could invest in and really see it make a difference in how they write and how they speak and how they communicate. 
Yeah, well, I think probably the the most important thing for people to understand when they're communicating, whether whether you're running a company, whether you're talking to your own employees or you're talking to your shareholders or, you know, your customers, um, you can take the same message and change it depending on who your audience is. It doesn't mean you're saying something different mm. or telling one group, yes, you're doing something and another group, no, you're not doing that same something. Um, but depending on who your audience is, that should really determine what you're talking about. Um, you know, some of the things I do when we say, you know, if we're advocating for more news media coverage in an area, I can go to the business side of an entity to say we need more news coverage in a particular area. But the argument there wouldn't be the public has a right to know. They have a mm. need to know and no one's covering the stories. You don't go to a business person with that argument because mm. it's not a you know numbers and sense argument. But I can go to the business person and say, listen, there's a void in the marketplace. Here's the strength of the marketplace. This is your average household income in the marketplace. This is how much they spend in advertising. So why aren't you there? So now it becomes a business proposition. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not going to make that same argument in front of say a community group. I'm going to tell them they have a right to know and a need to know, you know, whether or not their drinking water is safe or whether or not their schools are safe or where their tax dollars are going. So they're both pretty much the same messages, but it depends on who I'm telling it to. Mm. Yeah, I love that. So realize that it's not reinventing the wheel every time you have a different stakeholder and going back to square one. It, it might be around taking the message and just looking carefully at who you're speaking to or writing to and, and adjusting it appropriately to that audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful advice. I love that. Um, as you as you progressed in your career, uh, you know, in in news and media, are there any moments for you as a as a leader? Do you have any of those moments that come to mind where you 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 worked with or saw from a distance a wonderful leader and you'd really admired how they handled the situation, or vice versa, where <laughs> sometimes we learn a lot when we're in a team with someone or we're just watching on as something goes really poorly and we, and we think, I, will, I just don't want to lead people like that. Any stories, <laughs> any stories like that, Jackie? Uh, um, well, let's see. Life inside a newsroom is very interesting because things happen fast and people aren't usually in a good mood when things like that happen. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I've seen people that are in leadership positions that are very gruff and rough around the edges. And to their credit, I mean, they did get people to do what needed to be done. But would I say they were inspiring? No. I mean, they were definitely motivating, but the motivation came more out of people being fearful of the person as opposed to the person being a leader who inspired people yes. to be better than they were and to come together. Um, so I've seen plenty of that kind of leader and I would hope I'm not in that class. Um, I do think there is something to be said for not making the assumption that everyone understands what the purpose is of what you're doing 
and why you're doing it the way you're doing it. As mm. especially now with COVID and, and people, you know, working remotely, I see two things happening. I see a lot of people just saying, you know, my management doesn't know what they're doing. And they're just, yeah. you know, management probably hasn't explained what they're doing to you. Maybe they don't have the time. Maybe they've made the assumption you understand why you're doing what you're doing. Um, but I see a lot of that happening. And I think, um, you know, in the next few years, we'll start to see the ramifications of that. You know, the downside of all the remote work because people are so disconnected and they're not necessarily all on the same page and understanding why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but I think also what's been happening, and this is another thing that I think goes back to today's media conversations, is so many people working in their own little bubbles and individuals thinking they're irreplaceable and can't do anything <laughs> wrong, you know? And, I, and that's just terrifying to have to lead. Um, yeah. But I, I am seeing a lot of that happening suddenly now. Um, and maybe we can blame part of that on COVID. Um, but I do think social media plays a role in that, um, you know, where, where people are hanging out on social or who they're talking to and comparing themselves to. Um, and it's very easy for people to become influencers and celebrities on the internet now. Yes. Um, so I think there's a bit of um, too many inflated egos out there. And that's <laughs> difficult to lead. Did I put that nicely? I hope. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. And it's no, I think it's I think you're right. I think we if I was going to give a young leader one one piece of advice, um, which is always hard to really narrow down. But I think for me, one of the big things is to hire hire people with humility. And yeah, and I think you've just you just hit the nail on the head that if you if you hire people because of their influence, if you hire people because of their skill set, which are good things and necessary mm -hmm. things, but if they have that ego, uh, which which is often, you know, is the other side of the coin with a real lack of humility, then you're going to find uh, there's going to be trouble down the track because that's it's that it's that lack of humility, it's that ego, it's that. Um, protecting myself at all costs and, and struggling to see a we and seeing an I mm. in, in everything that I think often leads to making really poor decisions and, and even unethical decisions because I'm not considering others and I'm just trying to preserve myself and my agenda. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful way to explain it. Um, and I think that's also where you start to feel real divisions within a organization's culture yeah i think i think you're right and i'm i love the opportunity to chat with you about the news and media industry because uh i i don't really know much about the industry and haven't really had um any experience working in a newsroom i i, I know people who have so why do you think i always find this fascinating what is it about your industry that you think has led to like there's other industries where that sort of um, really just, you know, shouting, uh, sort of using the stick approach to really, and pe there's a fear mentality and there's other mm -hmm. industries where there's, where there's either none of that, or it's really, there's been significant shift and yet there's still some industries where that's, that can be prevalent. 
Another one I think of is in kitchens with chefs. I know that's been changing, but that's another one where it's like, yeah. it seems to have been a bit of a culture. What is it about news and media that has bred and continued to allow that culture to, to be at play in leadership, do you think? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you, if you look at, say, um, the history of newspapers in, in particular, um, basically, if, if you look at how manage, what do I want to say, how people were managed is anyone who was promoted came from within. So, mm. I mean, one of the great things was you could rise to the top, right? But someone who is maybe writing copy today or is a news reporter doesn't necessarily have the skills to become an editor and to oversee people. Um, so, so when you start promoting from within, it is a good thing, but there's also a catch 22 that goes with it, which is, you know, it, you know, there's one of the, um, basic rules is you don't take your best salesperson and make them a sales manager, yeah. right? Because yeah. you just took your best salesperson off the street. Yeah. And you want them selling, you know, selling and managing are, are two different things. So That's if you want someone good. who can manage people, hire someone who has experience managing people yeah. and let your salespeople go do their thing. You know? <laughs> um, so you see um, that even though the intentions were good about hiring from within, there were a lot of mistakes made with putting people in areas where they're really not qualified. Mm. So I think that had been a big part of the problem. And you still see it happening today um, that there's just not a lot of training going on in particular areas where yes. it needs to be. And, you know, you also um, have to remember that just the nature of the business is you walk into work every day not knowing what's going to happen. Is it going to be a mm. slow news day um, where people are struggling to try to find content? Or is there going to be a major disaster and now mm. there's far too much content and not enough hands and not enough bodies to send out there to get the stories that you need? Um, so, you know, when you put it all together, you get a great big mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's really insightful. Uh, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I, I, I love the sale. Don't uh, don't promote your best salesperson to be a sales manager. Otherwise, you've got the. I mean, <laughs> as a rule, it's not the as a as a rule to follow. It's not always the best idea, and that's so true. And I think, you know, I work with a lot of schools, and I've found that a lot of school leaders, uh, a challenge in education is that you have your amazing curriculum writer, you mm -hmm. have your amazing um, person who, who loves pedagogy. And so they get promoted and then they end up in a head of school role where curriculum and pedagogy is, you know, 3% of their job and 97% right. is people management. Yeah. And I used to think it was school specific to the education sector, but what I'm learning is that it's this idea of, of promoting individual, strong individual contributors into management roles and assuming they all that that the same things that made them excellent in their previous role is going to make them a great leader of people happens in every sector and it's often to the detriment to both the person and the organization mm. um, just because it's a completely different skill set now it's you know it can be learned but 
honestly, maybe the person doesn't have an interest in it. Yeah. Managing people is not a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. There's a lot of hard conversations and it's certainly, um, yeah, I, I think anyone who wants to manage people, there should be some, I, I I'm excited about the future of things like virtual reality. Cause I feel like one day we'll be able to do some sort of training course where you, where you get to walk into the, you know, you just get to spend half an hour in the shoes of, of a yeah, CEO exactly. who has to handle a real nightmare, difficult situation and go, right. Oh my goodness. Okay. I do. Maybe I still want to do that, but let me just go and invest in some learning because that was horrible. And, uh, and it is hard. It's really, really hard. And the people who do the best at it, you get, close to them and you find out how much effort and just one person at a time and one conversation at a time and, and learning and reading great leaders and great people managers do. Yeah. And I know that um, I have been inspired by the kind of leader who will get out of the office and go talk to the customer the client, you know, who, whoever it is. I, I did work, I worked at Hofstra University. Um, I had graduated from there. I had worked somewhere for a brief time. And then I ended up going back there and working in their public relations office for a bit. Um, and part of my job was actually speech writing for the president because mm. he wanted a younger person's opinion and viewpoint when he went out and gave speeches to students. And it made perfect sense. Um, but, you know, he would do things like, let's go take a walk around campus and, and see what the students are interested in today. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't know a lot of leaders that do things like that. But it, And it sounds so simple, but it's so incredibly effective. <laughs> it is. And it's, it's funny that that has come up multiple times on this podcast. And I've told this story before, I think, but it really it really struck me uh, there's a great leader who I work with um, who leads a large school. And I remember I was going in to meet with, meet with him one day. Um, mm -hmm. or actually, no, I was meeting with someone else in, in the organization that day. And as I, as I was driving in, I, I had unfortunately, and I do this a lot, I'd forgotten to book my, I'd booked this meeting at a time that was around the school zone. So it was just, you know, parents and kids everywhere. And I thought, yeah. I've, got to, I've got to remember not to go and visit schools at, <laughs> in morning or afternoon. But there I was waiting and, uh, and I was waiting in line because there were, there were parents and kids crossing. And this school has a car park that all parents have to sort of go through one crossing to get everywhere in the school. And I looked closely and I thought, wait a second. And sure enough, the lollipop, um, sort of the, 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 the guy who was stopping traffic and letting parents cross was this leader and oh really yeah and i thought and and cool. so i i inquired about it had a chat with his assistant later asking i saw him out there was he filling in she said no he does that once a week because that way <laughs> he gets to so it's so funny because he's the most senior person in this whole place and uh, you know and often can be you know education they can be this real prestigious sort of esteem but he puts on yeah. his sort of high vis goes out there and he does it because he then gets to to say hello and have a you know, a brief interaction with as many parents as he can. And I just, I thought that was, and it's only 45 minutes once a week, but I thought that was such a clever piece of leadership to go and put himself in a position where he was able to, it's that idea of just that simple way of getting, getting out there and just being with the people in the front line. And he's a very busy man. I know that, but he makes that time because he, he identified that was a really, 
a great place for him to go and spend time with uh, with parents and with kids. Yeah. And that's brilliant because it also shows that, you know, he can relate to what it is that they need. Mm. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. One thing I really wanted to talk about with you briefly is, is mm-hmm. news and media uh, when it comes to leaders and understanding how news and media affects uh, culture and affects society and affects the people that we're leading, the stakeholders, our customers. I know that's a big topic, uh, but particularly for leaders who are listening, what would you say, I, I guess, how would you unpack the the influence or if there was a leader sitting across from you saying, help me understand, Jackie, how does news and media, how is it shaping things that I might not be aware of? What, what would you say? Okay. Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. It's There's a lot that you can unpack there. I mean, part of it is basically when you think about it, the news media is in charge of the public conversation. So everything you know about what's going on right now that you're getting from the news, they're determining that for you. So part of it is you know what's going on, but you should always be questioning what else is going on that they're not covering. Doesn't mean it's a conspiracy theory or anything going on that they're not covering an issue, but they're not covering everything simply because their formats don't allow you enough time. Um, So that's part of it. But the other part of it is when you look at what they are covering and the people they're talking to, the people they're using as sources, the nature of their news stories, those are determining the tone of your conversation. And the people they are quoting as sources are viewed as experts by people, you know, reading or watching the news. And those people are the ones that are actually determining the tone that business leaders are using to lead, Mm. whether it's word choice or maybe a particular agenda or expressing, you know, something that's currently in the news, whether it's pro or con, whatever. But if you look at the overall tone, that's what basically sets how people communicate, their word choice, how aggressive they are, or maybe how laid back. Um, You know, here in the States, it just seems like we're in a very bad mood (laughs) uh, for quite some time now. Um, (laughs) And and you see it. You see it in leadership across the board. Um, You know, how your government officials speak play a great influence in how your business leaders speak. Mm. And all of that is in the news. So, you know, part of me says, yes, I, I want as many children exposed to news and media as possible, but because of the way the media landscape has changed where anybody could, you know, have a news outlet today, you just yeah. need a internet connection, right? Yeah. Um, anyone can be a voice out there. It doesn't necessarily mean the voice is a responsible voice or Mm -hmm. even an educated voice on whatever their topic is. Um, So that's part of the danger of the time that we're living in right now. And that's one of of the reasons why it's so important for individuals to educate themselves about where they're getting their news from and what voices they choose to listen to 
because those voices are also influencing the way they're expressing themselves. Yeah, that's it's uh, it's a really interesting perspective. I think for there's a couple of people I'm thinking about, which is uh, I'm thinking about parents. You know, I have a I have a niece. I have some uh, on both sides of my family nieces who are in sort of grade three, grade four. Um, but then mm-hmm. you have leaders uh, like me who are, you know I'm I'm obviously in the in the business and leadership um, sort of space across sectors. But I I really would love I really want to actively make sure I'm not in an echo chamber and, yeah. and have some really interesting sources. What, so for those parents of kids and, and also for those leaders who, who are going, Oh, I really want to uh, be exposed to some really quality content from different thinkers. Are there any sources that you recommend as a starting point or like, would you still say the wall street journal for a grade four is, is it good <laughs> or is there anything else out there that you think for a parent would be, oh, that's there, or, you know, these couple of sources have really different perspectives, but they're, uh, they're really interesting places to start. Yeah. Well, the basic advice we give, I mean, depending on where you are, and since this is a podcast, people can be listening from anywhere in the world, right? True. Yeah, true. Um, so let me try to break it down to, um, well, one thing that we we always advocate for is you really don't want to have a brand loyalty to where you get your news from. We want you to mix it up as much as possible because that's what exposes you yeah. to a variety of stories and a variety of sources and viewpoints and that sort of thing. Um, but if you want to break it down, I mean, mm. and if I were a parent and had a kid today growing up, I would want my child to spend some time learning their local news, things about what's happening in their neighborhood, you know, and that could be a local newspaper or an online, you know, digital Mm -hmm. only news source um, so that they can start to question things that are going on there. You know, they should understand what's happening at their school. And maybe, you know, even if the school has a sports team, how the sports team play, um, what the weather forecast is going to be. These are all kinds of things that you can talk to a child about and say, you know, you read what happened at your school. How did that make you feel? Mm. And eventually small children grow into that point where, you know, they don't want to know their parents. They don't want to talk to their parents. (laughs) Um, But news is a great way of still connecting where, you know, even if you don't have anything to talk about, maybe you can still talk about sports to your teenage son. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's a way to keep the lines of communication open. Um, And they should understand that in a community, there are people on all, you know, different sides of the spectrum where you have wealthier people and people who are in need. Mm. So maybe there are things they can be doing in the community to volunteer and help other people. But first, they need to understand that, you know, a community is made up of a wide variety of people. Um, and that's one of the cool things about news is, you know, a news source basically is the tapestry yeah. that brings everyone together as a community, no matter where you are. So local news is important. Regional news sources that give a little bit of a bigger picture. Um, are also very helpful. And we always want people to incorporate that next level. 
And then you want to incorporate national and international sources. So if you start looking at your news choices based on those criteria, you'll, you'll start pulling out um, different news outlets that you probably wouldn't have chosen beforehand. But once you start to understand the difference in what they're covering and why they're covering it, you know, whether they're speaking to your community or to your region or to your nation or globally, um, they each give you a window into what's happening, yeah. but, but it's a different window. So that's part of it. The other part of it, um, and I don't know how it is in your country, but in my country, uh, people like to watch television much more than they like to read. Um, yes. And the reality is television news is basically designed to be an update to the news that's out there. So we always encourage people to read more than they watch because the written, mm. the written reports are what tell you the why of why the story is so important as they go longer and they're more in depth where the television reports are pretty much just an update of what happened in that moment. And it's a great way you need to incorporate both of them. So one doesn't replace the other. Um, but, but it's really the reading part of it that is the most important. Mm. Um, but usually people like to, you know, flick on the TV and just sit back and say, okay, what happened today? Yes. Um, and, you know, we, we see a big difference with that with um, college-age students because I've had college students say to me, you know, I watch the news and I just don't know what they're talking about. And I'm like, well, that's because you had to read about the story first um, to understand uh, what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, when we break down the, the media landscape, that's the way we do it. That's wonderful. I- I think that's really informative, and I, I've never thought about it that way before. I think it's uh, it's it's so informative and so helpful, and it's definitely going to change the way I think about where and how I'm consuming the news. So, and I think there'll be a lot of leaders, high level leaders out there, doing incredible things, who will be listening to this, taking notes too, because I, <laughs> it's just not it's just not necessarily the um, on on our radar. And yet, like no. you said, it's such a formative and plays such a big part in shaping how we think and the way we view things. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, it and it's one of those things that um, this isn't information that's actually easy to find. You know, mm. I mean, we we do it and we we look at a lot of research and data. You know, we don't do that ourselves, but but we look at um the experts in those areas and we look at the information and then we connect it to you know the public and the news media and see how different the story is depending on whether or not you're creating content or Mm. you're actually consuming the content because oftentimes those two things are very far apart (laughs) from what they're supposed to be Mm. you know yes um you know, and someone who's consuming the news doesn't necessarily understand, you know, why was that news story chosen? Why are you telling me this information? Yeah. Um, why should I care? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, anything we can also do to help people better understand the news that is coming to them also helps demystify the news process. Mm-hmm. And that helps build trust of, you know, where you can go to find quality information. Yeah, that's that's uh, 
It's a wonderful thought. Well, let's jump into Leadership Express. I'm going to just un ask you a, a bunch of questions, Jackie. Are you ready? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, I'm a first, little scared. <laughs> no, they're pretty, they're pretty uh, uh, easy questions. Uh, what is one book that you've gifted to other people in your life? Um, there is a book that I will read and then reread often, you know, mm. um, every few years called Care of the Soul. Mm. Care of the Soul. Yeah. Wonderful. Any, any great podcasts you're listening to? I know you've already talked about sources, but other sources at the moment that you're really enjoying reading, watching, or listening to? Oh God. Um, you know, I, I'm so focused on trying a little bit of everything that <laughs> I, you know, it's not often that I get back to something very quickly. Um, so I'm, I'm usually the person that is surfing around the internet saying what's new, you know, who's yeah. coming out with what, or why do we have a thousand podcasts on this one topic and no podcasts on this topic? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So, um, I don't have an answer to that. No, that is an I answer. Think I, I think I just flunked. No, I think everyone. <laughs> I think everyone is going. I, I love that, and I'm because I, uh, I'm sort of the opposite. I tend to find my groove and then really stay there. That's why I think I've enjoyed this conversation so much. So that was actually a great answer. Which is for you, you don't really have anything that you're going back to as much. You're really looking for what's new. Wonderful. What is a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or being reminded of? Um, you know, I think, I think the most important thing I learned recently, and this, um, came across from someone who was giving an interview where they basically said, um, you know, the best lesson they learned in management is that just because a person made a mistake, you know, that you're managing doesn't mean they made the mistake on purpose. Hmm. <laughs> and it and it really you know gives you a different um, frame of mind when it when you yeah. look at um, when a mistake has been made. Okay, so they didn't do it on purpose. Did they misunderstand? In which case, it's my fault for not being clearer yeah. or anticipating what the need was, or maybe I gave the assignment to the wrong person who didn't have the right skills you know, that were needed for that. So mm -hmm. a whole, there's a whole lot of reasons why something can go wrong. So blaming the person is just never the solution. Yeah, that's good. I really like that. That's a great, that's a great filter to have when you're, when you're leading people, when they make a mistake is to think of that straight away, because you're right. It does change your approach immediately. Uh, that's, that's wonderful. I love that. Mm -hmm. uh, what's another great piece of advice you've received at some point in your life. It doesn't have to be leadership or management um, centered, but some point where someone said, oh, Jackie, here's a piece of advice, uh, do X, Y, or Z, and it really stuck with you. Um, probably just to speak up more, Jono, honestly. Mm. Um, you know, I, I tend to be, um, I like to observe. Yeah. And I like to listen and really think about what people are saying. And sometimes I get so caught up in that, that people think either I'm not interested in what they're saying, or I have nothing to contribute to the conversation, mm. um, which isn't necessarily true. Um, but I, you know, I think maybe because I know what I'm thinking, um, I'm so interested in what you're thinking 
and getting to know you that I, sometimes I don't, you know, verbalize as much as I should. So I've had people in the past say, you know, be more outgoing. Mm. Um, what, you know, and it doesn't even mean in a formal way or in a formal setting, but just letting people know that you're out there yeah. and understanding that they're not going to see what you're capable of unless you show them. So mm. I, I think a lot of people think, you know, I have the skills and I, I think it goes back to what we were talking earlier about that little bubble where people think they're irreplaceable, mm -hmm. you know, where people think they're, you know, I'm good at what I do, but if no one knows you're good at what you do, then what good is it? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Did yeah. you follow that? Yeah, I did. I really like that. Speak up more. That's great. Um, any uh, any quotes that you're particularly fond of for life or or leadership? Um, there is one I like. I don't know who said it, and it was something that I recently came across, which is you can never visit the same river twice because when you go back, the river's not the same, and neither are you. Mm. Oh, that's good. I like that one, right? <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. That's uh, that's a good one to ponder. I wish I, I wish I knew whose quote it was. I, I apologize to whoever it was in the universe who came up to came up with that. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, okay, two more questions. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? I would say. You know, follow, follow your heart. Mm. Don't follow, you know, I think the problem that we have with people being unhappy in general is, you know, they did what they were told to do as mm. opposed to what they wanted to do. Yeah. You know, it, it's very easy for other people to have an idea of who you are and what you should be without them knowing you at all. Mm. So just because you grew up in a certain area or your family has always been engaged in a certain industry or, you know, it's meaningless unless that's where your heart is. Yeah, that's good advice. And, uh, and the last question, what's the best thing that you're doing at the moment in your organization, in your leadership that other leaders should know about? Um, you know, it's really coming down to connecting with folks like you. And um, I think it's partially because of the pandemic. Um, it's a newer way for us to be doing business. Yeah. Um, you know, we actually, because we couldn't do physical events, we started doing our events online. And out of that grew our own podcast. Hmm. Um but, you know, maybe five years ago, it would never have occurred to me to do this podcast with you. Where now yeah. it's becoming very, very much, you know, almost normal. Like, yes, let's let's jump on with Jono and see what's going on. <laughs> um, you know, so I think if there's, you know, a silver lining to everything that's going on right now, it's things like this are occurring mm. where it, it's bringing, you know, different people out with different ideas and, and we're able to connect in different ways. And if I can help you, I'm happy to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's part of the exciting thing is you just don't know what's going to happen next. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, thank you for sharing that. And uh, Jackie, for people who've really enjoyed hearing your advice and also might be interested in what you do and your organization, where can people find you online, LinkedIn or Twitter and your, your organization website, et cetera? Yeah, um, I am on everything using my actual real name of Jackie Clement. Um, <laughs> so you can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter, um, Instagram. And my organization is the Fair Media Council. So it's fairmediacouncil.org. And um, I'm Jackie at fairmediacouncil.org if anybody just wants to shoot me an email. So I'm here. Wonderful. Uh, well, thank you. Firstly, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. And, and I know there'll be people rewinding and listening again because this has been uh, <laughs> definitely there's been some insight that I've never thought of before. So um, hopefully uh, for our listeners, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I know you would have really enjoyed it. And don't forget, I also have the Leadership Question of the Day podcast where I put a different question out there every day to put a stone in your shoe and the John O'White <laughs> Leadership Podcast, uh, which is just more tips on leadership and those sort of things. Uh, but the main the main thing I want to do to finish is to say a massive thank you uh, to Jackie for sharing uh, vulnerably around your story and for giving amazing advice for parents and leaders. And uh, like I said, honestly, I think there'll be a lot of people walking away from this thinking of these things for the first time ever. And I think that's really profound. So thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast, Jackie. Oh, I'm happy to do it. Anything you need in the future, Jono, you just give a call. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jackie. Alrighty, take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. 
And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O'White, or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself, and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it, and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.